All right. If you have a Bible, uh, you turn. You can turn. I'm just going to read two verses, but uh, turn to uh, Psalm Psalm 42. I'm going to read verses 1 and 2. Psalm 42. It's interesting. Uh, Psalm 42, and this is uh, book 2 of the Psalms. This is the beginning of book 2. And right at the very beginning of the year, the first uh, message that I preached was from book book 1 of the Psalms, or Psalm 1, funny enough. This is book 2. It starts off like this. As a deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? First, oh, look at that. <laughs> Thanks, Sam. First is that the universal sensation. I, uh, I, I do biology. You don't have to be a biologist to know that all biological life on earth requires water. And uh, a lot of and, and money is going in to find out if there's uh, water on Mars. And uh, that's because if there's water, then maybe there's Martians <laughs> of some sort. Maybe there's biological life on Mars, right? Everyone experiences thirst, even, even the deer that we just, we just read about in Psalm 42. One of the first things that we all did when we were born was have a drink. One of the first things I do every morning is, is have a drink. I have a glass of water, knock back my meds that I need, and then I have a big mug of coffee. And they say that you should uh, drink um, something like two liters if you're an adult. You should drink about two or something liters of uh, water a day. And I, I was doing some rough calculations, and I reckon about 60 to 70% of that for me is coffee. <laughs> I try to supplement it with water. <laughs> And we all have moments of thirst, and, and so, did, so did the King of Kings. So did the Lord of Lords, so did the Creator, our, our King Jesus, the Word of God, God incarnate, God in the flesh. As, and so we're continuing this morning with the series uh, the, we called Seven Sayings from the Cross, and I want to set the scene a little bit. Jesus had been praying in the Garden of Gethsemane outside the, outside the city of Jerusalem. And if you know the story, it was, he was intensely praying. He was sweating so hard that he was sweating drops of blood. And then at some point in the middle of the night, people have different estimates. It might have been midnight, it might have been two or three in the morning. Uh, he was arrested and then immediately taken and put on these uh, sort of mock trials, really, taken to the, the high priest and so on question he was put on trial and then um and then early in the morning he was found not guilty found not guilty by the roman governor pontius pilate you can read about that in john 18 and 19 and then and then uh, after being found not guilty he was then beaten up and he was he was scourged which is uh where we were flogged with a whip that has metal or bone spikes in it just gruesome Full on. He's tortured, essentially. And then he was sentenced to death, and the death was ex execution by crucifixion. I'm setting the scene. And so they took Jesus, and they made him carry his own cross, the own, uh, his own the, the bits of wood, up to Golgotha, the place of the skull, and it was there that, that they crucified him. So we're going to uh, read, be reading now from John 19. John 
So turning from Psalm 22 to John 19. John 19 verse 28. It says... Says John nineteen twenty eight says, after this Jesus, knowing that all was now finished, said to fulfil the scripture, "I thirst." So we want to pause. It's like a like a freeze frame. We pause in this moment. John, we're reading from the Gospel of John. John's account is the only one of the four Gospels that has that mentions this. That mentions Jesus saying, "I thirst." And it was about uh, about 3 p.m. that day, that Friday, that Jesus died. And we just think about it, he would have been incredibly thirsty. He's been up, up, been up all night. And with everything that's been happening, I, I doubt that someone's given him a drink of water. And so it's not really surprising, not at all surprising that Jesus is thirsty, but John is the only account to mention it. And in light of the rest of John's gospel, this is actually really amazing. I, I, you know, I, I reckon that almost that I reckon that everything that's mentioned in the gospels is mentioned for a reason, including this: "I thirst." These two words. So we're pausing. We're pausing with Jesus on the cross, saying, "I thirst." I thirst. And let's jump back to a few key scenes in, in Jesus' mission. Scene number one. This is the wedding, and, and this is in John chapter two. A wedding. It's cool that we sang that song that you started with this morning. It goes, water you turned into wine. Scene number one. Jesus is about to do his first miracle, or John the writer, he calls it the first of his signs. Signs that point towards Jesus, that point to who Jesus really is. So what does he do? The party, you know, the wedding's in full party mode. I think weddings used to go for days and days at that time, and there was a bit of drinking going on. Full party mode, you know, if you know the story, disaster strikes, there's no more wine. So Jesus gets them to fill up these big stone jars with water. Oh, there's so much in this that uh, you can't cover in five minutes. Six stone jars, he fills them up with water and then he gets, uh, gets them to drink it. Now, the, now that water is wine, the best wine. So this is the first of Jesus' signs, water into wine. We're drinking. Okay, scene number two. Now we're, now we're at a well. This is in John chapter 4. I have bookmarks, so I'm going to go right to it. John chapter 4. And we find Jesus, he's en route through the, the country of Samaria, and he's having a rest, and it says that he was weary. And he's sitting beside a well, it's Jacob's well. And then a Samaritan woman comes to get some water from the well, and Jesus uh, initiates a conversation with her and asks her for a drink. And so if we pick up the story in John 4 verse 9, it says, The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. And Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it, who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw water with, and the well is deep. Where are you going to get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? He gave us this well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock. And Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. 
The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so I will not be thirsty or have to come here to draw water. Jesus offers her living water. Water that will always satisfy. Water that brings eternal life. And this is different than the water from Jacob's well. I don't think the woman was quite getting it at this point. But it was different than that water. It's different from the water that you get from the tap in your kitchen. Jesus points to, uh, points to that water, you know, the water in the well or the water from your tap, and the water that's required by all biological life, including Martians. And he highlights that eternal life, eternal life actually requires water that only comes from him. He is the source of the eternal life water. Okay, that's scene number two. Scene number three, this is like, a, I'm picturing it like a movie and kind of like we're flashing back. Scene number three, now we're in the temple in Jerusalem. Uh, John, John 7, if you feel like uh, jumping to that. Temple in Jerusalem. And this scene, it comes at the end of uh, what was known as the Feast of Booths, one of the annual feasts or festivals of the Jewish people. And it, and it lasted a week, and, and during this festival, they remembered their liberation from Egypt, how they spent 40 years uh, traveling through the deserts, the wilderness, sleeping in tents, staying in tents, uh, booths, tabernacles, tents, same thing. They remembered their journey and they remembered God's provision and faithfulness and loads and loads of people would come to Jerusalem for this feast. And right at the end of it, Jesus stands up and cries out. This is John seven thirty-seven to 39. If anyone thirsts, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now he said this about the Spirit, with whom those who believed in him were about to receive. But as yet the Spirit had not been given, because Jesus had not yet been glorified. Now those are the three scenes to hold in mind. Water into wine. Living water, not the water from the well. Living water again. So now we jump back to where we froze on the cross. Jesus has just cried out, I thirst. And it's almost like John, he, he's, he's reminding us, he's highlighting this. He's to remind us of what Jesus had said, what Jesus had done. Jesus is the one who can take water and turn it into wine. Jesus offers the kind of water that sustains eternal life, water that if we drink of it, we will never thirst again. We are reminded, if we're paying attention, how Jesus says, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. So physically, physically, Jesus is thirsty. But from him comes the water of eternal life. So we're going to continue. Don't bother putting it up on the screen, uh, please, Sam. We'll just read it. Um, John 19, back to John 19, 28. After this, Jesus, knowing that all was now finished, said to fulfill the scripture, I thirst. That's where we stop, but we're going to continue. A jar full of sour wine stood there. So they put a sponge full of the sour wine on a hyssop branch and held it to his mouth. When Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. And we'll continue. 
since it was the day of preparation, and so that bodies would not remain on the cross on the Sabbath, for that Sabbath was a high day, the Jews asked Pilate that their legs might be broken and that they might be taken away. So the soldiers came and broke the legs of the first and of the other who had been crucified with him. Remember the, the criminals on either side of Jesus. But when they came to Jesus and saw that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. But one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear. And at once there came out blood and water. He who saw it has borne witness. His testimony is true and he knows that he is telling the truth so that you also may believe. John, John is the only one to say, to, to mention that Jesus said, I thirst. John is also the only one to tell us his, how blood and water flowed from his side. Jesus died. He died as a human being with a human body. He was dead. But from his death, we see this release of life. His death is the way to eternal life. Okay, now we're going to pause and watch another uh, actual video on the screen. So uh, when that's ready, Sam, can you give me, a, give me a thumbs up? This is the next of the Tear Fund series. It's all good to go. Cool. Thank you. I, I thirst. Thirst comes in many forms. There's the ordinary thirst of wanting something to drink while eating a meal. There's the thirst that comes with doing hard work in the afternoon sun. There's the persistent thirst of a child who needs one more drink before bedtime. Most tragic of all, there's the thirst of those who don't have access to clean drinking water. Thirst is such an ordinary and profound expression of universal human need. On the cross, Jesus experienced humanity at this basic level of need. Jesus wasn't a Superman-like figure invincibly floating above human needs. Jesus took on a real human nature that was fully functional and fully vulnerable. He could cry, feel exhausted, laugh, work, sleep, and truly and genuinely need. Jesus experienced hunger and thirst, and he relied upon the Father to meet those needs. Our physical and emotional needs, they come and go, but they point us to our ultimate spiritual need that is only satisfied in God. As St. Augustine wrote in his Confessions, You have made us for yourself, and our heart is restless until it rests in you. Or as Psalm 42 puts it so beautifully, As the deer pants for the streams of water, so my soul pants for you, O God. Can you trust God with all your physical, emotional, and spiritual needs? Quite a few streets in Wellington, like a few, uh, quite a few streets in Wellington. Our our street uh, has water leaks. 
<laughs> I'm not going to back on Wellington water. They're doing a great job. Tough conditions and all that. But it's, it's like the water just won't stay in the pipes. Hey. It just up the road, up road from us, there's a couple of, couple of areas where uh, like routinely have leaks. And then the contractors come along eventually and they dig up the road and they fix up the water mains and, and then they repair the road and they put new concrete over the top and then they head off. And then a little while later, it might be weeks, it might be a month <laughs> or a couple of months, a new leak starts coming from the same spot. And so yesterday I was out for a, out for a bit of a wander and, and I noticed this new leak coming from underneath the concrete and it just reminded me of Jesus. And it reminds me how, how he is, of course, I, you know, I was preparing this message, so um, this is what I was thinking about, but it reminded me of Jesus. He is the source of the water of life. And even though he was killed, even though he was killed, even, even in his death, even though he was buried in a tomb, the, that water of life could not be contained. He could not be contained. Water even flowed from his dead body. And then on the third day, he rose from the grave, resurrection alive forever. The water leaking from the road also reminded me of myself and of, and of all of us. It reminds me how, I don't know if you ever have this, but you might feel I've got, you've got a hard heart. I've got a hard heart. Or I've, I've, done, I've, done, too much, I've done too much wrong things. Too, I've been sinning too much. Or you might think, there's no way things are going to change. My behavior, it's too ingrained. You might think your circumstances, nothing changes. History, experiences mean that we're excluded from the promises of God. But, but the water finds a way to come out. The kingdom of God, eh? It's, 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 all these parables about the kingdom of God being like seeds that are planted. It's just breaking forth. Jesus made that promise in John 7. 37 that we read earlier, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He doesn't say the ones who've got it all together, (laughs) who've got their circumstances right. If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, out of his heart, and those leaks that begin up the road from our house, they actually get pretty significant. They start off small, right, as all leaks do. And then, and then they get bigger and bigger. I mean, a month ago, we basically had this river running down in front of our house that we had to, like, jump over to get to the footpath on the other side of the road. It was pretty funny. The water bursting from those pipes breaks up the concrete. Potholes formed. And I reckon that's amazing because water is soft. <laughs> water is like, look at this. Water is soft stuff. Concrete's hard stuff. And yet the, the water comes out and there's something about the water that just damages up the concrete. And it's as, though, it's as though the water that's underneath Wellington in the natural is bursting out and there's actually nothing going to stop it. And I think it's the same for us. It's the same for our circumstances as individuals, as a church, and even as a city. That water, that living water that flows from Jesus, it's going to break through when we come to him and drink it. And like he said in the video, and like we're saying, like nothing else is actually going to satisfy. Nothing else is going to deeply satisfy like the water of God. And so there's a challenge for us as we're just finishing up this morning. 
And guess what? That clock, I was right. It hasn't stopped. And the challenge is for you and for me is to think about like, what wells are you drinking from? The Samaritan woman, she was going to Jacob's well to get her water. She had all kinds of stuff going on in her life that wasn't good. She was trying to find love and maybe all these different, different ways. What wells are you drinking from today? Jesus promises, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. So let's come to him. Let's drink the water of life. Let's invite him into your life. And that water that flows from him will, will, flow, will flow out of you. It's a promise. It doesn't depend on how you feel. <laughs> I was going to read Psalm 42, just the whole thing. Uh, we're okay for time, eh, if I just do that? Psalm 42, and then we'll finish up. So turn back there. I took out the bookmark that I had before. <laughs> Bad move. Psalm 42 is actually 20 chapters after Psalm 20. That's amazing. As the deer, as a deer pants for the flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night, while they say to me all day long, Where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I would go with the throng and lead them in procession to the house of the Lord with glad shouts and songs of praise, a multitude keeping festival. Why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. My soul is cast down within me. Therefore, I remember you from the land of Jordan and from Hermon, from Mount Mizar, Deep calls to deep at the roar of your waterfalls. All your breakers and your waves have gone over me. And we sang about that this morning too. By day the Lord commands his steadfast love. And at night his song is with me. A prayer to the God of my life. I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? As with a deadly wound in my bones, my adversaries taunt me while they say to me all day long, Where is your God? Where is, uh, why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my, soul, my salvation and my God. <laughs> you will stand and we'll, we'll pray. And I think if, if, you, if, if you're in that kind of place, a thirst for God, then I encourage you even to, you might want to even like lay hands on yourself and or just open yourself up to Jesus and come to him today. Go, God, I'm thirst, I'm thirsty for you. I'm thirsty for your living water. Lord, I, I feel like I've got a rock hard heart. But may that water like burst forth. Maybe it's gonna be a trickle at first, like from up our street, and maybe it's gonna burst forth, Lord. So let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much. Thank you that, that you went to the cross and you allowed your body to be broken for us, even, even broken open, and from your body came that water, came the blood, your blood. But thank you, Lord Jesus, that, that in your death it was like, like something uh, being broken 
for all of us and that eternal life that we can, we can take hold of as we, as we come to you and as we, as, we, as we drink of you. Holy Spirit, would you, would you come now? Would you come now and would you, would you, Lord, we're thirsty for you. Are we thirsty for you? Our souls thirst for you, living God. So for every, everyone that's here, Lord, and for the ones that are at home, Lord, for everybody that's just crying out to you at the moment, would, you, would we be able to taste off your, off your water even today? Even if it's a small taste. So come, Holy Spirit. We just thank you so much for your goodness to us. Thank you, Lord, that you have the words of eternal life. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You're, you're like that rock that was broken open and water gushed forth from it in the book of Exodus. You allowed yourself to be broken. Thank you, Jesus, that you are the resurrected king, ruling and reigning from your throne in heaven. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you sent the Holy Spirit. And you send the Holy Spirit to us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for what you're doing in this time. Thank you for the promises. Thank you, God.